Hello and welcome to the Lock In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on the pub trade by those working in it. I'm the morning advertisers, Ed Bennington, and with me as ever are my lovely sidekicks, James Cuthbertson and Heath Ball. Heath is an infamous pub operator with a strong interest in serving great food. In fact, he's proud to be the owner of a pub that's listed as one of the country's top 50 gastro pubs. James also has a strong interest in food. It's a less than proud owner of a gastro band. That's so shit. Oh my god. All right, Slim. Get on I, worked, with it. I worked on that all weekend. Did you? I did, yeah. Your wife Special must have missed it. you. <laughs> Not a lot. Anyway, moving on. So this episode of Lock-In Podcast sees us somewhere a little different for a change in the pub. We're actually in the first ever, I think, alcohol-free off-license run by the great guys at Club Soda. We'll be chatting to the fantastic Laura Willoughby in a little while about the shop and what they're doing with it. But we'll also be taking a deeper dive into the low and no sector and speaking to Amanda Thompson of Thompson & Scott to chat about the alcohol-free wine sector. And also joined by James Kindred of Big Drop Brewing to talk low and no beer. Uh, Heath, are you looking forward to the wine? Yes. I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested yeah, in his reaction. Like, yeah, okay, well, do you know what I mean? We'll, 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 I'll reserve judgment for later. <laughs> right, before we do all that, let's just catch up on what's been going on in the world of pubs recently. Um, Plan B has ended. Thank God. Has that made a huge difference to uh, to you two with your... Not really. No. 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 We were, we were running you do see the, the Welsh sort of unlocking now, and you think, God, they were still under such strict... Yeah. You forget, mm. you know? Mm. Uh, it's interesting how they're talking about getting, you know, more funding for... They're talking about the Welsh guys particularly. But I think one of my concerns is that we've just forgotten about funding and help now. Yeah. We're, we're, we're being moved on to other things. I don't mean like right. lock-ins. If, they, if and they're going to bring this national insurance <coughs> rise in, yep. there's no way they're keeping VAT at 12.5% for our sake. No. No way. We're dreaming. Yeah. No. So, you know what I mean? It's like, we should be grateful to be open, but yeah, you've had your luck and that's it. Goodbye. Yeah. I, no, I think we're really, I think, been very cleverly sidestepped. I think you have to ask yourself, mo- a lot of sectors were getting a lot of help or help in the early days when it was very much a survival exercise and they had no choice Rishi and the team just to throw money and we see some of these loans that are unsecured or secured by the government falling over but that was just a massive sticking plaster and you have to say I think we'd have probably got the help regardless of whatever cries we were making but now when really we you could make a difference yeah, yeah. there's nothing and actually even now talking about other things other than actually pubs being in dire straits you know the rent moratorium stopping so I think that our associations need to pull their finger out and, and, and keep their eye on the ball and keep the VAT issue and get this rating issue sorted out what we can't do is just but I saw today there was talk about new labelling uh, food labelling which is clearly an issue but let's not be sidetracked by that stuff let's we need to keep on about the things that will make the business sustainable we're not I mean I can I'll place money on it now we're not getting we're not getting VAT at 12.5% it's it's going to go back up. They're mm. not going to. If they're going to, the, but that's the most, what's up? Should we? If I mean, I I, I don't I, I don't disagree with what you're yeah. saying, but shouldn't we be at least trying? Oh, we should try. But, but come on, backbenchers have been fighting for this one point five two five percent national insurance to be scrapped away. And Rishian, come on, they did that thing in the Times. There's no way we're going to get it. They'll push and they'll push. What else have they actually really done? Everything we got given was going to be given to us anyway. Yeah, but uh, arguably, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't well, otherwise you'd have just had blood in the streets. I mean, it would have just been. A We're still whole lot worse. the red moratorium's coming to an end soon. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like with this, with the industry's still battered. I don't like. You know mm. what I mean? Like, well, they're just going to reopen. You know, fully reopen just with 
unbelievable debt, rising costs. Again, yeah. we talk about the, the cost of people, you know, home fuel bills and what have you. Well, just take that into a, bit, a big cavernous pub and you're just multiplying that yeah. by, you know, 20, 30, 40 times. Add the staff, you know, the staff wages, add yeah. all the rise in food costs, and customers still expecting an experience and complaining that it's expensive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't... Yeah. You, you can't know. pass that. You can't... If you really... I think we're seeing margins massively eroded. Yeah. And the opportunity to help that uh, margin erosion is to obviously help with the VAT, for mm. example. Mm. And we still need to keep on about rating. I know I keep saying it, but it can't be left alone. We've got, it needs to be championed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I did particularly like Nicola Sturgeon saying that the restrictions in Scotland were worth it. <sighs> yeah. Look at New Zealand. Erin and uh, Jacinda should get together. 24, 24 days quarantine in New Zealand. Right. Coming in contact with someone with COVID. 24 days. Like, the whole country's just going wrong. No one's going to be working. Are they actually putting up with that, though, in New Zealand? I mean, you're, well, there, you're quite a bit, feisty. I, I, I can't I'm not sure Australia will be. There, there's, a, there's a, a restaurateur I follow on Instagram, and he did a massive rant about it. But, like, he's Auckland City restaurateur, and he's got businesses, and he's just going, we're, we're just, this is ridiculous. got no staff. Mm. Everyone's yeah. quarantining. Yeah. But I it's not really moving the, away from that, that uh, zero man, COVID. Gee, kind of they've just gone too nuts. But that's the same as Nicola Sturgeon. All these people, you know. Well, it's just it's worth it. What was worth it? Because your infection rates were no better than mm. the rest of the country. It didn't achieve anything. It didn't resolve uh, any of those issues. So what, what was worth it? Mm. There was no evidence it worked. Not at all. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, we've seen beer prices rising. What did they say? 50p on a pint in, in London? Pint. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing, though. What we put it up, and then customers are like, geez, you're expensive. Let's yeah. have a couple of cans of Stella at home. Do you know what I mean? Have yeah. you put your prices up recently? I did tweaking on soft drinks. We, we did when we opened, didn't we? <laughs> January. <laughs> well, come on. If you're not going to have a beer, it's going to be nine quid for a Coke. <laughs> Up from yeah. 8.95. <laughs> I mean, you were talking a while ago about uh, tripling your price of your Guinness, weren't you? So, uh, I mean... Yeah. No, I think uh, was only to we, make we did some tweaks. We did some tweaks, but you've got to be. The problem is, all the suppliers, anonymous uh, beer suppliers, was like, unfortunately, this is the price now. So we had. You have to. Yeah. You have. You can't. You can't let your margin. We're already getting hit hard on everything else. You have to pass it on to the consumer, and just hope enough that you've got a product that they really enjoy coming to, time and time again, and, and don't mind the little increase. And is fifty p a pint realistic? It's quite punchy, isn't it? <laughs> well. If it's just given to you at 50p per pint more, then you haven't got a choice. True. I think well, if you're you not, have, if you if you're not go to the pub. Yeah, but, well, yeah, that's, that but is the, the problem. The, the, I mean, there's an operating. Here's the winner again. The, 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 you know, um, the Treasury are the winner again yeah, because we put our prices up. Yeah, they collect more VAT. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, mm. we, we're just basically tax collectors. Good enough, too. Yeah. Yeah. And have you got your grants here? Uh, Hackney um, opened their grants on Friday. And they said, hopefully, they'll be paid by the end of March. Okay. That's ridiculous. Um, Herringay approved for Highgate, approved, and they haven't been paid yet. Uh, Haywood's hey, Heath, when did we get the money? It was uh, like... Uh, early Jan. Early Jan. <laughs> Day after, yeah. wasn't it? No, honestly, yeah. it, it, it was pretty much... And the system they've got there is so good that it's, most of it's pre-filled. So you just have to put in the reason for the claim. I mean, two lines, clearly affected by COVID. James needs a new car. Job done. Yeah. But that's, that's the thing. We um, Herringay this time used that same grant system. Yes. Hackney haven't. Hackney, Herringay, it was a bit more, like a lot more labour intensive to do it. But Hackney, man, it was pretty basic. But they're saying end of March, you should get paid. It's not now, good enough, they're, they're like, They've got the money. They've got the money. It's not their own interest, by the way. It's yeah. just incompetence. Yeah, they just... 
you know, so if you're a small business like the, the pub we've got down there, you're not busy, you're probably running at 25% of what you normally run at, and you've got the bills are still the same or gone up, mm. and you're still waiting on, well, it's only four grand on that pub. Yeah. And it's just like, it's an insult. Mm. Um, uh, and speaking of, uh, of, of uh, challenges and, and tragedy, uh, you're having a bit of a spat with TripAdvisor, I believe. <laughs> uh, I'm going legal with TripAdvisor. Yeah, I need to be accountable. Yeah, some, some guy, I'm getting trolled by somebody, and this guy's said that I, I went out in the pub and I was showing photos of girls from Thailand to customers. That's not what I said. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> he's never shown me. I've, got, I've got this guy trolling me, and he's doing multiple accounts. And So I contacted TripAdvisor, and I said, listen, this isn't right. And they said, yeah, it's fine with us. I went back again. I said, it's not right. And they keep on just, I think it's an automatic, you know, it's an algorithm. Mm. So I've, I've spoken to lawyers now, and they've got this uh, QC, who's a friend of a friend who will represent me for free. Um, and I've got a, the first initial thing is to write to TripAdvisor and tell them to take this down, because <clears throat> it's defamation of character. It's been confirmed as defamation of character. I've written to them again. And of actually posting registered posts to the head office in Massachusetts to say you need to take this down, and if they don't, then we're going to go legal. And um, this guy's quite happy to do it for free just because he doesn't like TripAdvisor either. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. I mean, no, and that's definitely not true. You were showing it's your different. customers pictures of Thai girls. I, I will not no. showing pictures no. of Thai girls. I don't know it was Thai girls. It just said girls, but yeah. In Thailand. In Thailand, yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Well, I think we'll... Look forward uh, to this battle. Yeah, yeah. we shall uh, look forward to hearing the outcome. <laughs> let's, uh, let's park that one there. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast. I'm delighted to say we've got the proprietor of Club Soda's alcohol-free off-license here with us now, Laura Willoughby in the flesh. I've, I've become a proprietor. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I feel this is a great elevation. <laughs> we've moved you up, we've moved you up. So, I mean, tell us about the shop, Laura. What, what are you doing here? Why are you doing it? Uh, so we popped up on the 13th of December to provide the UK's first alcohol-free off-license bring together all the brands that we know are there because there's now enough that you could fill a whole shop actually now twice over to be honest but we've got um, over 80 brands here now and we'll have over 100 by the end of the week we're going we're just rearranging the shelves and we've been it's mainly uh, mainly originally I set it up because I didn't think we'd be able to have a festival this January because right. of Covid we could have a shop though and I wanted to give people the chance to sample drinks then go away with something that they love and I, I have to say it's over, just been overwhelming the response we've had and how happy people look when they leave the shop I mean it's incredible isn't it that there's that much out there that you can fill a shop with this now I mean we, we talk about this and, and most of the reaction I get from the likes of Heath and James is usually quite disparaging about this sector yet that's a big market, isn't it? And I keep telling pub operators, you look at a supermarket, stop shaking your head and looking at It's a big subject. market being driven by something you guys might not know, young people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, oh, harsh. Ouch. <laughs> harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I Ouch. felt... I young mean, people I mean, who aren't married with wife and children. She's yeah. talking about like you two. Yeah. Like, so, do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I'm not in that young person category either. And, and actually, I always talk about the fact that it is cross-generational. Just yeah. different motivations and different drinks for different groups of people. But, but yes, it's a trend that's not going away. And it's still a trend that's in its infancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting that, that it is being driven by the, uh, the off-trade in terms of uh, you look at how the, the, the space is being given to it is, has got bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger in supermarkets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I've still got pubs sitting there going, 
now it's never going to catch on. Well, but saying that, I mean, when I first met you, Ed, and you, I remember you coming to see me and you said, oh, was normally... Yeah, you were Good. sober. And you came and said, I've come to meet you because normally when this sort of thing happens, because it's when we first did our pub guide yes. back in 2017, when people normally do this, uh, we write articles taking the piss out of them. But... He literally did. I, I have corroborating sure. evidence sure. I would here. Never have said that. And, but I've looked at what you've written and you're so pro-pub um, there's, there's got to be something here and that's the truth is is that actually since 2017 till now pubs have made um, I, I'm a big defender of pubs have, made, have gone leaps and bounds into alcohol free space yes there probably could be more and there are pubs that aren't the best cases but you know you, you can you can go to any pub now and talk about an alcohol free beer and you won't get the, the bar staff <coughs> behind the bar going what like water um, you know things have changed quite dramatically and I mean, what have you? Uh, I mean, how, how's the shop traded? Have you been busy? Has it been? Uh, we have been amazingly busy. Right. I mean, we've had a lot of media, so that means that lots of people have come to find us. We're definitely a destination shop here in Oxford Circus, yeah. um, so people are coming um, out of the way to find us. It has been the other thing that's really excited me is it's a real diversity of customers. So yes, there are you know people who are now sober like me who have changed their drinking habits and decided they don't want to be a dickhead anymore. Um, but there's also well, are a we load of at no. No, no, I was I was definitely only talking about myself. I couldn't possibly talk about anybody else in the room. But there are but we we've had a huge number of Muslim customers. We've had lots of pregnant women in. We've had people who are just really interested in drinks. We've had people doing dry January. We've had lots of people coming in talking about the fact that they're cutting down and they're really excited to find something they can have midweek. So it really is you know, I've always talked about that diversity of customer in this space. What we've had coming through the door has proved that. Um, I mean. Where are you picking the products from? You said you've got sort of, uh, there's more out there. So how are you curating it? What are you well, um, um, Clubside is a collaborative movement, you know, in our membership, our venues, um, brands and consumers. So the brands helped us create this shop. They've all paid their, for their space and have put faith in us to go out and, um, well, faith in me to go out and be very loud to the media. So at the moment, the brands in here are the ones that have paid um, something to be here. But actually, we give them a really good sampling opportunity. Absolutely everything in this shop is available to sample. Okay. We open up a bottle, everyone gets to try it. Um, people go away with something that they really love and yeah. that's um, people spend well over half an hour in the shop trying things and, and picking what they want to, to get so as a sampling opportunity it's great for the brands and that's sort of how we, we've picked them they, they're sort of self-selecting yeah. but that's okay because you know what they're the really good brands yeah. and uh, you were supposed to be open a month but you're now extending that. Yeah, uh, so... Is that a reflection of the success or, or yeah. just that you've got the space for longer? Uh, no, it's a reflection of the success because we still have to pay some rent for here and and I've, I'm, I'm now feeling the pain of business rates just the same as everybody else. Ouch! Um, but... Um, but we've we decided we want to see what February would be like compared to a dry January. January we've got lots of media. We've already got lots of repeat customers. Lots of people saying please, please stay. Mm. So that's led me to think, okay, well, what can I do next in this space? I mean, just to let you know, we've also been running throughout this period um, um, trade masterclasses for beer, wine, mm -hmm. and spirits, and they've right. gone down really, really well as well. And so my view is, is okay, what's next? 
we, we do some things particularly well in Club Soda. We can train the trade, and we've got an online training course for the trade um, just to educate staff in the basics of low and no alcohol. Um, we go and, you know, as you know, I'll go to the opening of an envelope, so I'm at every trade show. Um, I'm happy to talk to the media. So that education piece is really important. How can we create a space that does more of that? So it's not just about the drinks on the shelf and the sampling, although I you know, I'm a true believer in sampling being really important. But how do we also create a space where people can come and learn? Mm. And, you know, we've had whole teams from, there's a new venue opening up around the corner. They literally came in and they said, right, we've brought our team in. Give us everything on your shelves that does something for you. We want anything with aptogenics in, herbal ingredients, <laughs> you know, anything, anything like that. That's what we want in our, our bar. And so we took them through the whole lot and they've gone away with a whole selection for their new venue. Yeah. So it's not just about the training, but it's about creating a space for teams to come and collaboratively stand around a table mm. and try some stuff, see it in context and understand where it may fit behind their bar. Absolutely. I mean, and James Heath, I mean, looking at the sheer breadth of the range so much, here. Isn't it? I yeah. mean, were you, were you even aware of, of half of this, do you no. think? No. No, we're near. I mean, you no, two aren't near. too bad. I mean, you no, do, we do, you have, do we have a reasonable... In terms of the average part, mm. we're probably better than yeah. a lot. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The, the ones that I think... A lot of the sort of what I'd call the mixers, you know, you make long drinks and cocktails, I think that's almost done. I think that's got to a point where it's very much in a good place. There's lovely choices. My wife doesn't drink at all. Um, and we've always got these things kicking around. Heath, I know. You mean, you mean the spirits? So yeah, spirits. I mean, I mean, spirits, it, yeah. I mean what I think is interesting for venues is, is there are now a lot of spirits here that can now lend themselves to be an ingredient in yeah. your alcoholic cocktail as yeah. well as your alcohol-free. Yeah. And in terms of creating space on your bar, yeah. that's and behind your bar, that's that's a really interesting proposition. So, you know, the high point, um, I think, is just beautiful in, in whether it's an alcoholic or alcohol-free cocktail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I still think there's a lot of space to go. I talked a bit about you know functional ingredients yeah. and I know the Virgin Mary bar in Dublin which is an alcohol free only okay. bar sells like three times as many mood enhancing cocktails as he does okay. his other alcohol free cocktails so I still think there's lots I want to share with you guys about mm -hmm. how you can sell, a, sell the product's product to your customers because without the alcohol in that you know there is mm. another product you need to sell. There's the answer James mood enhancing yes. drinks for your wife perfect. Well, well I was going to say most, most men drive their wives to drink you must <laughs> done the opposite yeah she drives me we're for a curry of the night I'm not I'm, listeners I'm not even going here okay <laughs> but just to say I've got your backs <laughs> no but we went to a curry house the other day and, and um, for my birthday um, oh, and uh, John McGonagall yeah. was it your birthday but, yeah we, oh. and we went and the, the guy there you know in the, had a nice selection of sort of you know some of these drinks and the spirits make non half dozen non-alcoholic cocktails yeah. I had two bottles of Riesling, but she had a couple of them. We, we had a couple of guys in our workshop who are opening a new shisha bar in Collier's Wood, uh -huh. and they want to give a better experience to people than, than Coke and lemonade, which is normally served That's in a shisha bar. Yeah, and they've, they've gone away with a whole load of ingredients to make cocktails that match their tobacco. Mm. And to okay. me, that's really, really exciting. These guys yeah, yeah, are, yeah. you know, they went away with, you know, several hundred pounds worth of stuff to experiment Jesus. with. And they sat with Camille, um, you know, who is not the normal shisha bar clean tell um not only because she's carrying twins as well but they they, <laughs> they went away with an awful lot of knowledge that they now know how to pair um yeah. these spirits with their cocktails you can make like the thing is as an operator it, if you can it's not just coke and lemonade you can actually sell something and actually make a decent margin on it yeah, and get absolutely. a better experience yeah. and get them talking about it uh -huh. and, and drinking more of it yeah, rather yeah, than nursing that going, one soft drink i'll have a coke 
great, that's all you've mm. got. Coke yeah. Zero. And, and, you know, for me, it's about an equal experience as well. It doesn't mm. matter what time of day you're drinking, what day you're drinking, mm. whether you drink normally or not, that every time you go to a venue, the experience feels like that yeah. pub wants I you there. Yeah, as opposed to like... As opposed to, you know, as I always say, half yeah. a pint of Coke from a hose as if I'm about to go and wait in the car park for my dad. Yeah, yeah. pack of crisps. No, yeah. yeah, it's so true. I mean, what, what do you think you've learned from running this that, that surprised you, would you say? Um, I I guess uh, there's some amazing runaway bestsellers here, and so that um, uh, so that's that's interesting to see what's really popular. The fact that people coming in asking for brand names now, which a few years ago wouldn't have happened, people actually come and look at the beers and go, right, I've tried the Lucky Saint, I've tried the Big Drop. You know, just like any other yeah. beer enthusiast, they're looking yeah. for some new things. Um, yeah, and that I'm taking, you know, people come in and ask. What wine, red wine and whiskey are the two most popular things that people come in directly and ask for. I'm looking for something that shares this experience. Mm. I now, I've now been taking people on journeys with different products that I think create that experience. They're not whiskies and, mm. you know, and they never will be, but they, people are looking for to recreate that ritual and it's really, really important to them and they want something to go in that space. So don't underestimate that it's not about... It, it's a ritual and occasion just as much as taste and flavour. So do you think that's important that they that they don't set about with a comparison? Yeah, I always... Um, I think most people who've, who've uh, changed their drinking in some way know not to compare alcoholic with alcohol-free. You could probably mm -hmm. do it a little bit better in the beers, to be honest, mm -hmm. but, you know, once you're talking about dropping from 40% to zero, mm -hmm. that will always yeah. be noticeable. Yeah. But people still want to finish the day and drink a drink that feels like a reward that, you know, can be made in a nice glass, isn't the same as the drink they've been using to refresh themselves throughout the day, like tea, coffee, yep. or, um, or like a soda. They're looking for things that make them feel part of the, the occasion. And so they know that it's not going to be the same, but they're looking for, you know, the smells, the aromas, um, the acidity. They're all things that people um, want. And there is a big difference between consumers who come in here and have never drunk. Consumers that come in here like me who have given up and are so excitable about being sober, it's just, uh, you know, really delightful to, to pair them with a drink. And people who still drink and are looking to bring in something during the week, they all go for slightly different choices. I suppose it's like veganism, isn't it? Like you've got vegans who have vegan food out and they have something new and they go, oh my God, it's amazing. You have people who've turned to veganism and go, yeah, it's not, like, it's just missing something. Do you know mm. what I mean? There's always... But there is something for everybody, you know. Um, people go to the wines, and if people still drink alcoholic wine, they will they will notice the big difference between an alcoholic and alcohol-free yeah. wine. I don't. To me, it's a delicious drink, right? The alcohol-free wines, it's great. I've not drunk wine for ten years, um, but for people who still drink wine, I will always start with the Copenhagen sparkling tea because it's not like anything else. It's his own yeah. drink, and that's why we've got none left. <laughs> You're out of luck there, Heath. Just turning around. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got some of the 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 Lyceroid which is the, the pink one and you can try that but it's you know that 1675 a bottle you would say that's too expensive but it's our best seller Right. So, so what it, like, and your like, what is your overall bestseller? Are the people is it beers or like the beer category, or is it? Um, well, what? you know, there's some very high value products in here. You know, some of the spirits are coming in at nearly thirty pounds a bottle. Mm -hmm. So you can't really compare beer sales with spirit sales. You know, yeah. people will come and mm -hmm. we've had to bring in baskets because people are carrying so much stuff at the minute. So <laughs> you know, and people will pick up a whole you know uh, armful of beers. But you know, the three spirits go down well because they're mood enhancing, and then we've got um, uh, things that. Fit the Aperol Spritz mould go down really okay. well. So the Liars yeah. American Malt and the Liars um, Spritz. We haven't got anything 
uh, no spritz left of theirs. Um, we get a lot, but we also get through um, a lot of sparkling tea. We also get through a lot of jimba, and jimba isn't a you know a thing in its own right, really. It's it's yeah, a mod, it? it's a modifier for a cocktail. It's a very very strong punchy um, ginger syrup, and we give it to the end of everybody uh, at the end of everybody's tasting. They get a little taste of jimba because otherwise they they've got no mm-hmm. um, taste buds left if they yeah, have it sure, first. Sure. Um, but um, we 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 can't stock enough of that that goes really really quickly and people can make it into a hot drink they can add it into a cocktail to add a kick a lot of people are drinking it in shots on its own I can tell you we get a lot of a rid of the non-spiced cane and while you might say that well people are looking for things that aren't sweet mm. the truth is people's palates yeah, want something sweeter than they think yeah, they do yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know, um, the other thing that surprised me though is how influential I am at selling things. I've never, no, I've never no, been no, a salesperson no, before, no, no. and now I, you know, I can. You know, the things that I love the most get. Um, I shouldn't tell the brands this because they're all in here and I all love them equally and we spend a lot of time making sure we do spread that love and everyone gets to try anything they want to try but yeah there are like I anyone on a on a one of my whiskey journeys definitely goes away with a bottle of nightcap um, so there we are interesting conscious of time you've got some products that, that you're going to uh, yeah I, well I was going to do um, I, I'm, I'm going to get you guys on the three spirits nightcap but I was going to try you with high point so this is a, a new um, spirit but it's a fermenter spirit it's made by a brewery in um, in Cornwall okay. and for me this is a really interesting product because it would make a great modifier in a even in an alcoholic cocktail and okay. like a, a, in the pub next door they do a cocktail with this you're going to have to hold my microphone mm-hmm. got it cool so um, and this definitely has to be mixed right because it's um, nicely acidic so it's one part um, high point three point three parts um, ginger and um this is this is one of the ones that I take people on who are still hankering for whiskey, and it's not a whiskey at all. It's its own digestif. Thank you. It sometimes spits opinions. So I wouldn't be any more surprised here, but um, you might be able to see how you might be able to use. Look at that smoky note on the nose. How you might use that in a cocktail, and how the fermentation gives it a real depth of flavour. Reminds me of Angostura's bitters. Yeah. Mm. It's like a. It's a bit, a bit, a nice bit of punchiness in it. So like a vinegar, sort of, because yeah, of yeah, fermentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. sweeter than I was expecting, actually. Yeah, interesting. I feel like I'm being healthy. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh! <laughs> I wonder why you were sweating. <laughs> Yeah. Don't, don't 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 faint at that. It's but, you really, know, it's really nice. It's really but, nice. But you see, and, and then you get that lovely smoky nose, and the cocktail they do next door, that smokiness comes near the end after you've had your first um, mm. sip, and it's absolutely a, a lovely experience. It's quite refreshing. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so you know, people are still playing around. The technology, the processes, the yeah. innovation in this space is still going on. Mm. Um, I really like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Cool. It, well, if you down that, because you can. Um, or you might not want to, but um, I, I can either get you... Do you want to try an alcohol-free mead? Oh, I can't stand mead. Don't be so dismissive. That means, yes. Yeah. Yeah, if it, if it yeah, doesn't I like think mead, let's try it. No, 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 because no, no, this is the worst thing, is if people try an alcohol-free drink that is in a style of drink that they never liked before, mm. they go, oh, that's it, I hate alcohol-free drinks. You just, have, you drinks. just haven't, had like? the right, you haven't had the right mead. Yeah, that's try the problem. It. Open I mean, your mind up, James. It's best to say that this is a sort of a... A honey-based drink. I think it's be- this is Bemuse, and I think it's a beautifully balanced drink. So as a soft drink, 
Um, it's beautiful. I, you can use it and lengthen it. Um, cocktails with it. Um, it's, it's better than real meat. It's better than real meat. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, yes, that's that's more than likely. Yeah. But the nice thing is you're not an event a with a drink. hairy bloke selling it to you does reenactments of the weekend. That's, mm. that's quite nice. I like it's, that. it's very beautiful. And again, you can see how you can use that as a, you know, along with a couple of other ingredients, that as, um, lengthening a spritz or another yeah. cocktail. Yeah, you it's could, fantastic. You could. We use that in one of our, our cocktails here, and it's just beautiful. All right, I mean, I was expecting that to be sweet. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not, not really. No, yeah. no. No, you're, not not very good. you're not very good at this, are you? No. <laughs> so again, you know, it's about finding the drinks that are right for your venue, yeah. but understanding that the drink doesn't have to be a replica of something. Um, it can have other purpose in your venue. Um, and then, and then, should I, should I finish you with the nightcap? Yeah, great. Well, I know this is it. this is so. You know, again, this is a this is a drink that's got. Um, Lot, you know, the three spirits range have got mood-enhancing ingredients in them. They're, they're full of herbs that, that um, accentuate your experience. You've got the livener, which maybe I have a shot of when I get in in the morning, <laughs> maybe. Um, and you've got the social elixir that's got herbs in it that deal with social anxiety. This is the one that I have on the, Yeah, this is the one that I have on the rocks before bed. You can, of course, lengthen it with a ginger ale. But again, it's not like anything else. It makes a perfect cocktail ingredient, particularly if you have an end-of-the-night okay. cocktail. It's got a nice little bit of burn about it. They've gone very quiet. Mm. I'm not sure what this means. It's really quite pretty, isn't it? Mm. But you know, if you think about that, that's got you know you can. It's, it's, it's a really yeah, yeah, it's I'm a real it's a yeah. real easy sell to customers. You've got this ingredient with this this product with functional ingredients. It can make a mood enhancing cocktail. Yeah. Um, a bit like you know we've got function um, beer here, which is made with aptogenic mushrooms. You know, people really like that. I mean, I'm, your eye just went like saucers. You haven't even tried it yet. Yeah. Yeah, it was the thought of really, mushrooms and being a really bad yeah, yeah. experience on <laughs> microdosing ones that didn't go down no, too no, well. These, it, these, are, not, these are not magic mushrooms. <laughs> these are not magic mushrooms, but they are mushrooms that are good for you. Um, people like the idea with alcohol-free <laughs> drinks that they're going away healthier than they came into your pub. This is the man that thinks microdosing is... is my mate, my mate over-prescribed the size uh, of the, of the right. tablets. He said he made them... You just have a normal-sized people. Yeah. And then, yeah, it didn't go too well. I had like a whole day of just seeing stuff down Oxford Street. No, those were the days. Yeah, last week. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, there, there are so many things to explore here and so many, you know, um, the um, Everleaf made by Paul Matthews is one of our bestsellers. The, the, the forest is gone because, again, that's a really beautiful, bittersweet aperitif. You know, Caliano's been around in, in their bus this, this January, going around the country. People come in now and ask for those things by brand name mm -hmm. now, which definitely they wouldn't have done a few mm. years ago. I want to name everybody in the shop, but I know that's impossible, everybody. So don't. They could probably go on your website and find a load of stuff. Yeah, right? If they knew what their website was. Yeah. If it's jointclubsoda.com and find us on nice. at jointclubsoda. In fact, we've done a reel for every single brand in the shop um, over the last month. So um, with some nice dulcet voiceovers from my co-founder, Drew. So, But, you know, um, I think what you get when you come into the shop is some very excited staff, including me and, and my co-founders, who absolutely adore everything in this shop and therefore it's really easy to find something that, that suits you. So you're going to stay open for the whole of February? Stay open the whole of February and then I think See the answer happens. is watch this space. Okay. Um, I, um, I, I now have world domination plans <laughs> um, but I do have ideas on how we can 
make something interesting work that works for everybody, both the on-trade um, both and the consumer and the brands. And that's what I'm interested in doing. As you know, I'm a very collaborative soul, um, Ed. And I think doing things with other people and making things happen is the most exciting thing in the world. Brilliant. Well, Laura, that is all we've got time for, but thank, thank, you. thank you very much for that. This is the Lock-In Podcast with myself, Ed Bennington, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. We're talking low and low in this episode and I'm delighted to invite one of the big players in the low and no beer scene to join us, founder of Big Drop Brewing, James Kindred. Welcome, James. Hi, how you doing? Not That's bad. a bit of nice, James, in the brewing industry, isn't it? There is, yeah. It's, uh, there's an improvement already. <laughs> no comment. Uh, he's got a better beard than you. Uh, no, I meant... I didn't mean... I meant James what? So oh. I have to explain my jokes now. Oh. We thought oh. you were referring to, to yourself. Just a fact, oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> you generally have to explain most of your jokes, James, to be fair. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> promises, promises. <laughs> so, James, let, let's, let's just start off. Tell us a bit about Big Drop, who you are, uh, what you do. What sure. You do. So, uh, Big Drop started in 2016. Um, it was myself and one of my oldest friends, Rob, started the company. It came off the back of uh, Rob. Uh, being a city lawyer um, and him being the rainmaker and taking people out for long lunches and they was involved involved lots of booze and whining and dining uh, his first child was born in 2014 and he decided to knock drinking on the head but he couldn't find anything that was kind of you know pub worthy in terms of a non-alcoholic drink um, there was Beck's Blue there was sparkling water there was hot drinks or there was kind of you know super sugary carbonated drinks and none of those were worthy of having an afternoon in the pub and enjoying yourself or entertaining clients and making sure they were looked after Ooh. so he kind of asked himself the question of you know what why isn't anyone making a craft option of alcohol free beer what's the what's the limitation what's the mm. barrier he came to me with the idea and said i've got this idea for this you know non-alcoholic craft beer i was like okay i'm interested i'm you know that sounds i, I love a kind of good idea and a kind of you know a little bit of a disruptive idea so count me in let's do it we went off and found a, a brewer uh, who's our head brewer johnny clayton who's an absolute wizard of this sort of thing he's kind of you know created the process which is which you know in my opinion and probably in rob and johnny's opinion has really kind of moved the industry on in terms of doing stuff that's a bit disruptive with brewing and here we are you know six years later um and we're the one of the uh, most awarded or the most awarded brewers in the uk and the world that's amazing that's out of full strength right okay fantastic is that just because you went to lots of awards though a bit of that, yeah. <laughs> Enter loads of awards. Laura's nodding in the background. Um, but yeah, it goes from kind of international brewing awards, US Open awards, awards in Australia, World Beer Awards, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, the top ones have won um, uh, the, the Paradiso, the Galactic, the Pine Trail, the Woodcutter, mm. all won World Beer Awards um, for, for being really good. And they've also gone up against full strength beers. So yeah. when we started, there was no low no category for World yes. Beer mm. Awards. It was put it into the specialist category yeah. or put it into the full strength category yeah. and see how you get on. And the first, uh, we won a silver international beer award um, against a, and a 6.2% porter beat us. And we were a 0.5, but they don't base it on ABV. They base it on balance yeah. and they base yeah. it on favour and they base yeah. it Jesus. on quality of the drink so a 0.5 kind of came striding in and everyone went whoa hold on what's going on here this isn't 
a thing, is it? So <laughs> we went there's nowhere to hide, is there? Do you know what I mean? There's nowhere no, to no, hide when, when you're looking at load and load. No. Well, you can, the alcohol content will yeah. mask a load of badness. Yeah, and you can, you know, the, the, the alcohol element of a lot of brewing is the is the salt and pepper. It's yeah. the, you know, you put the seasoning on the top sort yeah. of thing. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. Put the seasoning on the top and yeah. you have to make sure that that's there. So there's, there's places to hide with that. Right. But with low no and that sort of thing, you have to really focus on the balance. The balance mm. is the real thing. Yeah. Like if you get it out of kilter, that's when you start getting kind of, you know, weird flavours and that sort of thing. Yeah. If you can get the balance right, hops, the malts, all that sort of thing, you're onto a winner. Mm. And were you involved in the beer scene before this? No, or, no. Right? Well, no. The, the, on the on the other side of the bar, yeah. So I was a, right. you know, an avid customer of craft beer yeah. and that sort of thing. So, um, but you know, I, I I knew the beers I liked. I knew the styles I liked. I'm more of the kind of hoppy IPAs and that sort of thing. Rob prefers the darker styles of beers. So we do yeah. a brown ale, we do a stout, uh, we do a golden ale as well. Um, but it's about choice. It's yeah. about having that choice and being able to go out and feel that you can walk in and order a pint of something and have that style in your non-alcoholic version. So what are you getting right, do you think, that, that maybe others aren't? Um, I think we, the, I think the, the main thing that we've really focused on, which is something that Johnny said to us when we originally spoke to him about doing it, we went to Johnny and we said, um, we want to make a really good alcohol-free beer. And he said, no, you want to make a really good beer. It just so happens to be alcohol-free. And that's the basis for everything we do. If we, and we'll, brew, we'll put styles together, we'll you know, come up with ideas and that sort of thing. If it's not a really good beer... We won't release it, regardless of you know. It, you know, we'd always brew to 0.5 percent naturally. Don't take any of the alcohol away yeah. in post production or anything like that. But the main thing we want to do is make a really good beer first. Yes, yeah, yeah. And you use reverse osmosis to nope. remove. You don't. Okay. No, no. No. So we brew naturally to 0.5 percent. Oh right, okay. Yeah. So that means you can keep a lot of the flavour in there. So if you use a reverse osmosis or vacuum distillation or anything like that, it will pull the alcohol out of it. But the alcohol molecule is sticky, so it will pull a lot of the flavour and that sort okay. of thing out. Which is where the kind of the macro beers, your big malties and that mm. sort of thing. In the, you know, the, the the original offender, the Bex Blue, mm. they brew to full strength and then use a variety of heating and that sort of thing to take it away. But as, yeah. you, as you're heating the alcohol away, it's taking a lot of the flavour away as well, which is where traditionally you'd have got that metallic -y taste. Yeah. Um, because we naturally brew to 0.5%, so we use a mix of um, different yeasts and that sort of thing, not necessarily found in the brewing process. Traditionally, means we can naturally brew it to 0.5, which means you keep all the flavour in there. Yes, yeah. So what are we drinking here? Which is uh, so you have got a Paradiso, which is our big seller. So that's a Citra IPA. Uh, it's got four different types of hop in it, uh, including Chinook and Simcoe and Citra. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, it's like... Mm -hmm. It's beer. <laughs> beer. <laughs> That's a compliment, really, isn't it? From Heath. Well, I don't drink... I only drink stout, really. This is true. Yeah. Well, get, get, you on the, get you on the galactic. Yeah, well. I, get little, I, get, I get a little buzz from it. From you what? Mind, just that, you think, oh, you get a little... Just like almost like a... What do you call it? Real beer. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, just... It is real beer. It's real beer. I'll say that's his reaction. <laughs> Going to get slapped, my lord. Beer is beer is beer. <laughs> that's nice, though. That is yeah. nice. I mean, what, what would you say are the challenges that you're sort of finding around the alcohol-free um, at the moment? I, I, it's getting easier. It's getting... It's a darn sight easier than it was in 2016. I think you know, Club Soda started around a similar time sort of thing, and it was <laughs> very much the, at the time, and, and, and a great deal before that, there was very much the taboo of not, of not drinking in the pub. Or mm -hmm. the kind of, you know, what, why are you drinking that okay? sort of thing? Yeah, yeah is everything yeah, yeah. okay? Is it, is it for health reasons? Yeah. It's like, well, no, I'm just, you know, just, yeah. no, I don't want to drink. I, mm -hmm. I want to enjoy a beer. I just don't want to drink. Yeah. And that has eased, and through the work that Club Soda are doing and the awareness and just the general kind of 
growth of the non-alcoholic market just means that people are kind of getting opened up to it the, the, the wealth of flavors that are in it both from the kind of the botanicals and the non-alcoholic spirits and that sort of thing through to the craft beers means there's a wide range of stuff the the, the real trick now is getting people to try it and once they try it they're convinced yeah. and the, the one thing we used to do when we when Rob and I were off driving around in a hire car doing small trade shows and that sort of thing the thing we learned really quickly is you don't say to someone do you want to try a non-alcoholic beer because they go not really because that you're, it's, it's front loaded with the yeah. with the the, the the bad memories of things like calibre mm. yeah. but if you say to someone do you want to try our award winning craft beer they'll go yeah. absolutely yeah. and they'll come over and they'll try it and they'll yeah. say what do you reckon the ABV is on that and they'll go oh, it's probably you know, it's, it's quite light so it's probably like a 3.8 4.2 top and then you do the kind of big reveal mm. you go that's 0.5% and they either swear at you or they ask you or they miss hit they think they've misheard you yeah but that at that point people's minds have been changed and it's mm. only at that point that you can kind of have the conversation at the level of beer is beer is beer yeah and it doesn't matter what the ABV is it's the quality of the brewing process the quality of the ingredients and the care and attention that's put into it to make it a good beer it's interesting though because you kind of it was back in the day you know someone asked for a non-alcoholic beer and you get that bottle out from the back of the fridge and blow the dust off it you know the, <laughs> the, sort of fridge, the fridge with a, the yeah, light bulb the light yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. but Sorry, now but I mean we've got down in Sussex we've probably got four or five different cans of bottles two, certainly have two of yours the Galactic and the one we've just had the Paradiso, uh, Paradiso. Yep. Um, along with Lucky Saints it's there in, 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 mm-hmm. in the group but it has changed so much you have to have it now so even if you thought it was witchcraft and it was never going to take on I think pubs don't have a choice now because the consumers demand yeah, it yeah. whereas before yeah. you kind of just oh yeah we better stick one of them in there the, ne- the next the, the, the next battle well it's not battle the, the, the next thing we want to try and kind of do is get onto the front bar that's the place I was going to say it's, it's, it's not being in the fridge because the fridge is kind of yeah. you know below bar I height below it, waist yeah. height there's usually yeah. legs in the way yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. it's behind other stuff <laughs> you can't really see what's going on and people can't see the choice mm. that's out there unless they're asking for it or the bar yeah. staff have kind of said if someone asks for a non-alcoholic tell them that there's all this wealth of options here whereas you get on the front bar and that's yeah. the whole thing about Big Drop if you go in and ask for a Big Drop you don't have to mention the ABV yeah. you go in yeah. like Paradiso's on draft so you can go into an all bar one and go I have a pint of Big Drop please that's it that's the conversation yeah, you know yeah, exactly yeah. what you're getting and the visibility is Big Drop Beaver Town Camden yeah, yeah. yeah. whatever mm. but you can choose any of those three and it's about choice it's your your choice of how you want to enjoy beer mm. we do get that you certainly get that when someone takes your beer for example we do you'll have to look and make sure we've got enough in, in that you'll have there but you people will go and go and go because they actually think oh, you know what's all right yeah because actually they're thinking i'll have that so i'm not so i'm part of the team and they go and they keep going and you actually sell you know we sell, we sell a lot yeah yeah it'll, it'll go and, and and it's the it's the thing that you know once people understand that it can uh, as a publican or some as a, a business owner who can give those people choice and the choice is the really important thing mm-hmm. because you want to give as many people different options to why they're going to yeah. come in and what you don't want to do is restrict people's choice because the person that's the non-drinker or the person that kind of steers the choice is the person that will pull the group away mm, yeah so if you give people the choice that's there in the establishment that you know and, and everyone everyone can enjoy themselves whatever their drinking style mm. I was going to ask you, you've, you've sort of answered this already, but what could pubs be doing better to, to sell this product? I mean, you've said get it on the front bar. Yeah, I mean, it, it can come down to um, 
both kind of you know how how the surfing staff talk about it. Mm. You know, it's not a consolation prize. Yeah, it's mm. not it's not the um, the weaker than option, mm. pun intended. It's 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 about saying to people and having the conversation at a level of you know this you know this is this it's a four point two percent this is this is six point eight it's probably a bit punchy sort of thing yeah. or if you don't really fancy drinking we've got a really good award winning craft yeah. beer simple yeah. as that but bringing it into the conversation of everything else that's on the front bar or in yeah. the fridge or you know wherever you're serving it the conversation is exactly the same as if you're talking about full strength it's not a mm. oh are you not drinking yeah oh diddums get well soon. it's yeah. not that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's the Hey, we've got something that can that, that can appeal to you as the customer coming in, yeah. and equally, someone might you know go in, they'll have a four point two percent, and then they'll have something else, and they'll yeah. go, "I'm going to pace myself." Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, absolutely. It's, it's a Wednesday I night. I'm out for a couple of games, a couple of beers after football. Mm. I have a big drop. Yeah, yeah. up early tomorrow. I've got to meet. Yeah, you know, we we don't want to be prescriptive of what people's drinking habits are or drinking choices are. It's giving people the choice in the first yeah. place. Absolutely, absolutely. Heath, what do you think of the stout as a stout man? Yeah, I like it. Mm. Me too. Yeah. Mm. I was about, I, I first discovered you guys. I think it was the chocolate uh, stout. Was yeah, that's the, the tasting, yeah, that's uh, that one. Thing. And it, depending yeah. on what temperature it's served at, you'll get different. So you'll get kind of mm. the, the colder temperatures. You get kind of coffee notes and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. You get like yeah. a nitro yeah. cold brew kind of bitterness to it, mm. and it's slightly warmer temperatures. Room temperature, you get a bit more of the chocolateiness come through. Yeah, very good. Brilliant. Very good. Brilliant. Well, we're pretty much out of time, but thank you very much, James. No worries. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we're now joined online by Amanda Thompson of Thompson & Scott. Amanda is the entrepreneur behind the Naughty brand, which sells a range of alcohol-free, organic, and vegan-friendly wines. So welcome, Amanda. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. So tell us a bit about, about your wines, what, what you do, why you do it. Sure. Um, well, I was a champagne obsessive, funnily enough, so the real stuff, um, and... I wanted to see if it was possible to create that sort of feeling, but without the alcohol. So that was what led me, a champagne obsession, was what led me to create Naughty in the first place. Fantastic. I think Laura is itching to pop a bottle. So yeah. she's, uh, <laughs> oh, and we've got the pot. And we've got the theatre, yeah. So, I mean, That's the moment I love, and especially any day, really, but you can do it in the morning so beautifully. Sets the day off right. <laughs> to mention that, your, your partner walks down and you're like, yeah, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the, you've got, talk me through the range you've got. You've, um, what are we drinking here? Sure, so we've got a brute. So the idea, really, I was a Blanc de Blanc girl, so 100% Chardonnay. Um, so that's what I started out creating. Um, so that's uh, from southern Spain, the grapes from Sandy Vineyards. Um, you've got traditional winemaking in stainless steel vats and then the dealcoholization process, which we do by vacuum distillation, which retains the vinous qualities. And then we do a process of aroma recovery. Um, but the idea really was to create something that was really delicious along the lines of champagne, um, giving you that same kind of placebo effect where the bubbles hit your lips and you feel like you're in the mood for a party, but without the alcohol. Absolutely. What, what, what's the verdict? I haven't so, tried it yet, sorry. So I'm just reading the back label. You, you can read. <laughs> yeah. I'm struggling. That's why I'm on the first line. James? Um, surprisingly good. 
I think the bubbles help it as well. I think, you know, maybe slightly harder to approach a still red or a still white. But, um, mm. yeah, it's refreshing, nice. It reminds me of the wine I used to drink in a kid in New Zealand. Do you know what I mean? You go and, uh, New Zealand, we have quite... quite uh, yeah, like... Styles very much like... They start to do they? It's, it, listen, it's, it's... Hey, you've just refilled your glass, so I it must be good. I was going to say. That's an excellent sign. That's, uh, we could sell that. Mm. It's actually got... I'm quite surprised at the body, actually. Yeah, it's decent, it's isn't it? Real, real decent body to it. And I mean, I think that because I am an obsessive fine wine lover, I'd like to think that that is why Naughty's good, if that it's, makes sense. It's really... I think that's how I approached it. I trained in wine... And that was my background. And, and for me, I think that obsession with taste, for me, taste is everything, really. And, and that, I just set out to... Listen, it's a lot better than a lot of the Proseccos on the market. Taste like, hands down. Yeah. yeah, it's... Yeah. I, I really enjoy it. I think you've got the weight in the mouth, and I think it's... Do you know what? Because you don't miss the viscosity in it. Do you know what I mean? You'd normally get with some of the alcohol. Mm. You just don't miss that. It's got loads of mouthfeel in it. It's great. Loads of flavour. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's well, thank you. That means a lot coming coming from you. It, it's lovely doing tastings for the first time. Um, and what's lovely about Naughty, I think, is it's such an easy sell in the same way that alcohol-free beer was, you know, mm. champagne and Prosecco or Naughty. It, yeah. That's just super easy. And, and, of course, the other beauty is, from a hospitality point of view, a pub point of view, you can get great margins because consumers are really comfortable spending, you know, quite a decent amount on a quality alcohol-free because they recognise that, you know, it's not any easier or cheaper to produce. And so, you know, you, you can really make a nice cash margin in bars on it, and it's just so easy. Um, and then, of course, you can switch it up for super simple cocktails as well. So it's yeah. a really easy way to have a, have a few simple alcohol-free cocktails on the list too. Who do you distribute through? Are you a direct or...? So we do direct and then through a number of distributors. Um, I mean, we're in talks with, with all the lovely pub groups at the moment, so, so it's great to, to come direct to you. It's quite early, of course, um, in hospitality because alcohol-free, as you'll know, was built, unlike the way we traditionally build alcohol during the pandemic, it was built in an untraditional way in off-trade mm. and mm. in direct-to-consumer. So it's only really now that we're starting to approach all of you wonderful people and looking at the opportunity for naughty in in pubs, uh, you know, hotels well, and, and bars. What what would it retail? What would what would you suggest a pub should be selling a, a, a bottle of that at? I mean, we see everything from mid twenties to mid thirties. I would say. Okay. Hey for that. Yeah, I think like, I'd fly. Yeah. I, I'd listen. Hit the, 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 really good. To cut it really short, yeah, mm. I'd stock it. Mm. I think it's. I think it's a really yeah. good option. I'd do it by the glass as well. Mm. I think people yep. would be really happy to have like you know. Have it in your apparels. Yeah, and I'd put it at the top of the menu almost. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Like mm -hmm. I think some people would be just quite happy. Like you mean like. Not only are you getting a non-alcoholic drink, but you're getting something really fancy. Yeah, and I, th I think you it's can not a downtrade. Yeah, it's not a downtrade at all. It's like, oh my god, this tastes really, it tastes really good. I think you'd be. Well, we talked earlier about not approaching comparisons alcoholic mm. with non-alcoholic, but I would kind of, I this could this, this, does this could do it. Yeah. It's yeah. tasty. Yeah. Listen, it's really tasty. If really you went refreshing. to a wedding reception or something, and someone gave you that, you wouldn't be unhappy. But you wouldn't know. Like, you wouldn't I, know. I think the thing is, you wouldn't know. Yeah, mm. I think you know. I've gone to so many weddings; they give you such guff wine. <laughs> <laughs> we all have, right? Don't, don't start with my brother-in-law's wedding. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, that's if you got handed that, you'd be quite like, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah you should be. Well done. I'm really proud of that. Do you know what's great to hear you? 
It's great to hear you all say that because the way it's been developing is we've had a lot of private clients service at their weddings and we're at places like The Pig and, and Limewood by the Glass alongside Champagne and I think yeah. that's really how it's being positioned is Champagne or Naughty, you know? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy yeah. some of that for Sarah. Might cheer up. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, maybe get some Which of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> we won't make a joke about that one, that's... Uh, <laughs> Um, completely thrown me with that, James. Thanks very much. So, I mean, Amanda, the, the 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 wine category on the alcohol-free side has, has lagged behind to a certain extent, hasn't it? I mean, we've seen a lot of work well, it's quite expensive beer. to make wine. Ed. It's not cheap. It's not like beer. Some guy in his, right. his basement making cans. Well, I was of asking beer. Amanda, not Sorry, you, but uh, she said, pipe down. <laughs> no, but it was it was a fair point. Thank you for sharing that because I was going to mention that. But yeah, it's not easy. And I think you touched on the fact that from a wine perspective, you, you've You've not solved anything like half the battle, but the mouthfeel is helped, of course, with bubbles. Mm. So I've been working really hard, funnily enough, on a still, a still red, which globally was eluding everybody. And mm. I've got a red launching um, in a couple of months, and I've got a white okay. and a rosé also coming to market. So that's what I've been squirreling away, away doing in the pandemic. So I've got a full still naughty range so that'll be naughty rouge naughty blanc and naughty rosé coming out across the next few months in the year so i mean is it is it cost is it i mean what is what's what's held it back from your perspective amanda i think taste i mean it's really 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 hard yeah. to make good alcohol free wine i mean that's that for me is why we've not managed to innovate i mean i'm constantly innovating and i'm only working with top producers and I'm all about quality, and I think historically, I mean, you may or may not know, but I didn't even know, being in the formal fine wine business, there was a lot of alcohol-free wine around, but it was just mostly, I mean, sorry to say, Shit. mouthwash. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even mouthwash. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you, you know, and I think we flipped the model and said, taste is everything. Branding is also important because for me it's about that quality serve where if, you're, if your friend's drinking a decent bottle of champagne, you've got an equal seat at the table. And I wanted to make sure from an aesthetic point mm -hmm. of view, the naughty bottle was really gorgeous, uh, you know, and stylish in the mm -hmm. way that champagne would be as well. So, so you feel like you're just as special, you know? Yes, yeah. I mean, Heath, have you, have you ever found any alcohol-free wine? The I mean, stuff probably stuff, not stuff you've looked for, is it? I don't really seek it out, but the stuff I've tried hasn't been great, so I just never bother. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I'm looking forward, Heath, to, to you all trying my stills. Once I've got the samples, yeah. I'll get those to you. But am I right? We, we, we've almost got a deal then launching in your pubs. That'd be Yeah, great. 100%. <laughs> no problem. We'll <laughs> drop it into the... We've got one in Sussex and one in Highgate, so... We'll drop it in straight away, I reckon. Well, look, yeah, perfect. Yeah, we'll put us in touch and then we can talk. Yeah, we I can, think we'll we can sort that out. We can sort yeah, that out. I bet all, be, all the apprentice candidates will be very jealous of me, won't they? That was a very easy sell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done the hard work for a long time, so... For anyone who didn't see the BBC show, they, they were creating alcohol-free drinks. Very easy, they thought. Indeed, yeah. Yeah. I mean, are there any things you think pubs should be doing um, that they could be doing better with, with this alcohol-free category from your perspective, Amanda? I think that it's not really what pubs should be doing, it's what we should help pubs to do. And I think that's making sure consumers know it's there and labelling it very clearly. And we've just launched with Virgin Atlantic and what they've very cleverly done is they've put Naughty on the wine list with the sparkling wines and then uh -huh. clearly marked it. And I think there's a couple of things you can do which is 
have have it on a list that's set for and denotes it these are all the alcohol-free drinks but also bring it in as an option for the quality wine drinkers and i think that's a very clever way to do it and i think it's up to brands like mine to help pubs like yours to make sure that the messaging gets out there absolutely fantastic brilliant well amanda that is all we've got time for but thank you very much for that thanks so much and thank i'm you. delighted to have done a deal there you go you got it absolutely <laughs> good luck for that This is the Lock In Podcast, and we are at the end of this episode. Uh, we've learned a lot about low and no products and things pubs could do better. Um, Heath, James, what, what would be your takeaways from this? What do you think you two could be doing better in your... Our low and no section. Like, I, really, really blown away by the, the bubbles. I think it was really amazing. Mm. And just the sheer range, I think, it, yeah. you know... Like we said earlier, gone are the days of really dusty bottles of beer down the back of the shelf and, and, you know, people look at you strange when you're not drinking in a pub. I think, you know, pubs need to evolve and that I think, you know, we've seen that with the food evolution and pubs and all that. And I think if we if we just sit back and pretend this isn't happening, we're going to be left behind and mm. we're going to lose consumers. And I think we need to get ahead of it and, you know, embrace mm. it really and, and just accept, you know, like I know a lot of publicans we go, oh we don't need that i want I'm a proper pub and oh, i want pints and all that but the world's changing mm. and if you sit still you're gonna miss and you probably lose i mean you say we'll get left behind i mean to a certain extent we have we've been left behind you, yeah you look at the the ranges mm. that are available in the off trade compared to the on trade and it's, it's i just uh, think so many operators just don't want to know about it because they just it, it's not they don't understand it like you know like a lot of pubs with wine they don't understand it so they don't want to do it so yeah i think yeah. we just need to you know maybe just be a bit more open-minded and, and, and come to places like this and have a look at the range and spend time and speak mm. to Laura and understand what the options are and what yeah. we can do, you know. James, um, thoughts? Well, I think over the last few, probably five or six years, there's been a foot race to... The big brands all understand this market's coming. They've mm. done the research, they're in touch. Yeah. There's been a foot race with a lot of really poor products out there, actually, particularly in the supermarkets. Mm. Um, and I think those that have dipped into it and maybe thought, mm, that's not for me, it's poor quality, need to go back and look again. Yeah. Do you yes. see what I mean? But it was a foot race to get market share. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 to and be I, the first. I, to be the first. And I think that's gone now. When you look here with the amount of small producers, the sheer range is unbelievable. And, and the quality. I think um, I did feel slightly like, oh, brilliant, you know coming in here and I thought you know mm. a bit a bit sniffy maybe to start with but when you see everything you think actually you don't want to know there's options you don't want your wife saying to you James why don't you have a non-alcoholic drink for once no but I only drink because my life's know. I drink because my life's la, la. miserable but now I'm understanding <laughs> that I can drink so something else and feel good yeah yeah pretty right, much but no you definitely get a bit of placebo it's a really weird thing but you you definitely do get a little buzz, particularly when you things like ginger that we're drinking here. I like this. Yeah, I'm me gonna, too. Yeah, this, this is fantastic. What, uh, Laura, what is it? Gin? Uh, Gimbo. Is it Gimbo? That's Hang Gimba. on. Gimba. Let me turn you on. Yeah, that's that's Gimba, which is um, a real big seller, both in alcohol and alcohol-free um, cocktails. It's just a fantastic ingredient. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Mm. That's been absolutely brilliant today. Really eye opener. I think we'll it's revise what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Fantastic. So, I mean. Uh, what's hit the mark for you, Heath? Product, uh, the the bubbles, really oh, like that, and the jumper, and the nightcap. Uh, like, high point. The high point, was it? it? No, it, wasn't, it was the nightcap, wasn't it? So yeah. everything we drank, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But yeah, even, the mead, even the mead was well, good. Last night, last night I was at home, and the wife was having dinner, and, and I, I didn't want an alcoholic drink for many reasons. I just thought it's a Monday, I need to take it easy. And then I was just, I wanted to be refreshed, but 
You just go, oh God, like, what do you have? So I'd have a Virgin name? Mary. Oh, what, what, with dinner? No, but in the evening to stop me getting the twitches for alcohol. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, maybe you need to spend some time in the shop. <laughs> Everyone does. Yeah. This is the thing. I mean, these are. I mean, would you you be going for this as a replacement? As a yeah, I'm going to buy to trick you in an evening. I'm going to buy the naughty for for Sarah because she'll love that. Yeah, and I, I was. I try her stuff and it's terrible. Mm. The stuff she's getting out of supermarkets is terrible. So you need to be savvy. And I think it's a communication game now. That's what we're really talking about. And hopefully we can cut through some of the big brand stuff that's not very good. It's the same as the beer market. It's the same as the wine market, ultimately. Um, but yeah, I think it's pretty wow for me. Fantastic. Well, that is all we've got time for. So uh, let, let's leave that there. We will be back in a couple of weeks with the next episode of Lock-In. And with the March financial cliff edge looming, we'll be taking a good look at finances and what pubs are going to need to do to survive the coming months. Another but cheery episode. Sure, I need to pay myself um, assessment. <laughs> you've got about... Uh, you've got about eight hours. Okay. <laughs> now we know what he's doing for the rest <laughs> of the day. But, uh, Busking. <laughs> Moving money from my offshore accounts. <laughs> and on that note, we'll leave that one there. See you next time, folks.